listeners, this is PSG Talk contributor Mark Damon, and this is the return of PSG Small Talk for Saturday, September 15th, 2018. I'm joined on today's show by PSG Talk contributors John Olangi and Eduardo Razzo, and we discuss PSG's return to action after the international break with their 4-0 victory over Saint-Étienne on Friday evening at the Parc des Princes. We also preview the upcoming Champions League fixture against Liverpool FC at Anfield. Um, So join us for that. We'll have some plugs at the end of the show to direct us to our conversation that we had about the PSG Jordan brand collaboration. That will be on our Patreon exclusive Keeping the Energy. But for now, we bring you to PSG Small Talk. Eddie, what have you learned from these first five games of the league on season? PSG just beat Saint-Étienne yesterday, um, 4-0. We had goals from Di Maria, from Cavani, from the penalty spot. Julian Draxler got his first goal of the year. And Moussa Diaby, who is yeah. uh, seemingly Giovanni Lachelso's replacement, scored a goal at the end of the game to make it 4-0. Um, what have you learned from these first five weeks, Eddie? Well, there's a lot of experimenting and there's a lot of rotating. Uh, I I think he's getting the rotations right. I think that's what I've gotten out of these last five games. That you know he, he he'll rotate players and most of the time it's the right rotation. It's you know they there's times where he you know he he'll get it wrong here and there, but he'll fix it right. Uh, Tuco will fix it right away. So I'm just I I put put a lot of focus on the rotations and and some of the you know the experimenting of the lineups cuz i think i saw a tweet the other day or today this morning you know just the different types of formations that he's had the last five games so i'm just hoping that you know he has tuco has a, a sense of which rotation would work and which formation is going to work at anfield on tuesday yeah it looked like they were in a 4-3-3 for the most part at least they had the the four the three three midfielders and the three attack players as opposed to Sort of a four-attack, two-midfield look that they've been doing the last couple weeks. John, I think that the thing I'm concerned about going into Liverpool, and I think we've seen it in all five of these games, are relatively slow starts in each of them. And against Liverpool, I'm pretty sure that PSG can't afford to start slow. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, Excuse me, I think it's, um, it's... it's um, it's not what you want to do against Liverpool, especially today when I watched their game against Tottenham. They're going to want to come out those first 10, 15 minutes and just blitz you. And I think what has to happen for PSG is you have to withstand that blitz, per se, right? And for me, the weakest link has not even been the midfield this season so far. Out of the five matches, it's been defensively. We haven't been stellar by any means defensively and that's whether you know whoever's care silva kipembe marquinhos really hasn't played that much defensively this year we haven't been you know solid there and that's 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 where my hesitations are in terms of what i've seen in the first five matches but overall i think within that with with that we're not the fact that we're not playing our best football yet and we're he's uh tuchel is uh is uh 
experimenting with the lineups a lot. The fact that we've relatively won these matches pretty easily, right? Like, it's there it hasn't been too many games where we've had to struggle that much. Maybe against Nemo Olympique, because that was a kind of a, a struggle, you know, for, for the team to kind of ground out a win. But otherwise, five wins and while you're experimenting with the team and the defense hasn't really been top-notch, I would say that that's a, that's a good start. But, again, defensively, that's where I think there still needs to be some kinks worked out. And that starts with the midfield and whoever your fullbacks are because those positions have been rotated as well. And I, I think that what's happened is that they haven't had – and this is part of you know the World Cup and all of that, which is that Thomas Meunier – really has looked rusty since coming back. I don't think he's in the form that he needs to be in. Um, you have no Danny Alves. So you can't, you know, you, you have to go with Meunier. And the left-back right. situation has been in flux the whole month because people really weren't sure what they were going to do with Laban Kozawa. And now that is going to have surgery on his lower back, I think that it clearly has to be Juan Bernat. I mean... Stanley and Soki has been really good, and I can't take away from the quality that he's shown, but this is sort of a different level of European football that he's going to have to play. And to put him in there against Liverpool, against Mohamed Salah, against, you know, Sergio, uh, Roberto Firmino, that's a tough ask for an academy player. No, I think I think that's that's the, the the whole thing about it. Where if sure we might not Liverpool might have a deeper midfield. Cool. What they're best at is running at you and counterattacking, and they're going to be hitting those wings. They're going to hug the. They're not you know they're they're going to hug the sidelines per se, and that's on Thomas Munier and whether it's Bernard or Ansoki uh, or whoever's out there. That's you're you're asking a lot for to to go up a guy to go up against a guy like Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah, and granted Salah hasn't really been good so far this year. He hasn't gotten off to the start that he had last year, uh, but you know he's still capable. And I think that's the part where I'm I'm worried about this this particular uh, uh, game. But yeah, I don't you know there's a lot of there's a bunch of narratives out there pretty much putting PSG in there as the underdog and I, I would I would tell those people to chill out a little bit because at the end of the day, like you said, talent wise, they're they're not they're not the same quality of players that we have, but we do have our weaknesses with the new coach and then, you know, different Experimenting with the different uh, tactics and, and lineups and formations, yeah. you know that that that's where it, yeah. it kind of brings in some doubt. And I think there are going to be a lot of people that are going to say that uh, Jurgen Klopp is this you know master coach, and I think he's a master man motivator. I think he's very good yeah. at getting his team ready at the start of games. Obviously, he is, but it's not like Liverpool are doing anything complicated. Like, to me, Liverpool are not a complicated team. If you repel their initial attacks, if you can force them to play out of their own end as opposed to sort of playing from the midfield, you know, playing from the midfield on, I think you'll be okay. And I thought Tottenham had a good strategy early in the game, which was they hit a lot of long balls to Alisson. And it forced Alisson to play out of the back, which he's okay at, but it's not 
you're not going to get an attack started from Alisson playing a ball out to his right back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you want to force, which is you want to force Liverpool to play around in the back with the ball and not sort of get in those situations where you're getting overwhelmed because where your midfield will get overwhelmed is in your own end, where Liverpool will throw bodies at you and Adjun Rabia will try to dribble through eight guys and they'll take the ball off of him, pass to Salah, pass to Mane, goal. Yeah. And it's 10 seconds in the end. That's the issue. The issue really is going to be, can Tomas Tuchel get whoever is playing the midfield to basically subjugate themselves to be one-touch ball out? Right, like, yeah. you cannot sit on the ball in this game. You cannot sit on the ball in the middle of the field and dribble it around and try to spin off people and try to draw fouls, which is a lot of what Adrian Rabia will do in that end. It's a lot of what Marco Ferrari will do in that end, too, is he'll just try to dribble around and draw a foul. They need to, if their midfield gets the ball in the middle and they're under pressure, just play a ball wide. Play a ball deep and wide to one of your wingbacks. Try to get Liverpool going back. Pin them in their own end. Try to flip the field and not get trapped in the in the back. Long balls are okay, and I think they have to get used to that. And I think Tomas Tuchel, I hope, is at least telling them, "Look, hey, you can play a long ball once in a while out of the back. You know, Liverpool are going to press you. Just play a long ball. Vary it up. Don't do the same thing over and over again, expecting you know, expecting a great result every time." Yeah. Eddie. Um. Yep. Who's the who's the X factor in this game? Like there, I know we talk about X factor is such a cliche, but who's that guy who, if he shows up to play, PSG are in really great shape. Uh, so I I think I want to say I'm gonna go with Neymar. I, I want to go killing it, but I I gotta go Neymar. Neymar. I mean, we we were victims of Neymar when he, when he's on his game, he can pretty much carry a team to a victory, regardless of the odds. Uh, so I, I'm going to go with Neymar in this match. I think you know, I think he he wants to prove everybody that you know after he had a you know he's never going to get the critics off his back, but if he can have a a really really great game and whether if he can help lead PSG to at least a draw or perhaps a win. I think I think we need him to be on his game. We need a plus performance from him. And John, I'm going to ask you a different question because I feel like I was thinking this during the game, the the game this morning between Liverpool and Tottenham. Is is Alisson that much better than Alphonse Ariola? I don't think he is. Uh, well, I mean, I think I mean he's uh, paid more, but I don't think he's that much better. I think I think it's about like film, right? Like the amount of film you have out there. He has more film than Ariola doing better things. I do think he is uh he's better with the ball at his feet even though sometimes it puts it gets him in trouble and he's too adventurous in that aspect. But from a shot stopper perspective, I don't think there's too much of a gap uh in that instance no. So I I you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I think uh, from that, from comparing those two, there's more film out there of Alisson doing great things than it is of Alphonse Ariel, and I think that would be fair. Well, why I want, even if Buffon was not suspended, I think I would rather Ariel in this game. And it's not, it, to me, it's like the two goalkeepers do separate things very well. Like, yeah. Buffon to me is a good sort of 
defensive general. He can put people in the right spot, and he's a great, you know, quick twitch, you know, saver of the ball. One of the one of if not the best of all time. Yeah. Ariola is not quite as good of a quick twitch um, player as Buffon or Kevin Trapp, for that matter. But what I think Buffon, what I think Ariola does really well, is he commands the space. He's big, he's physical, he's athletic, he's like a giant cat just bouncing around. And if Liverpool are going to be putting three kicks into the box, they're going to be putting corners in, I'd like a guy that's decisive in the air and decisive in, you know, what he's doing. And he can get out there and he can run out there and he can break up a one-on-one attempt. He can do more athletic things. And I think against a team like Liverpool, where it's going to be a bit of a faster game, I think you want Ariola's sort of quickness in his ability to sort of control the air and control the box over maybe Buffon, who's more of an on-the-line, stop-the-ball guy. Yeah, I mean, furthermore, I think Ariola just deserves it at this point in terms of, like, whether, like I said, if... If um, Buffon wasn't suspended, I would have went with Ariola just in terms of form and how well he's he's been playing. And uh, to add on to him being uh, commanding the box, I, you know that that goes into his positioning, right? He might not have the Kevin Trap uh, or, or Buffon reflexes, but he puts himself in in in, in, in smart position uh, within the goalposts to make those saves like like the game against Germany was one of the best games I've ever seen him play you know against that quality of opponents just coming at him the whole time he really stood up in that game and that was very impressive to me so again with the with the style that Liverpool plays he is you know it, it makes sense that he is the the perfect type of goalkeeper you want to defend this kind of game, and you know we'll see what happens. But I think um, I think it's gonna it's gonna come down to how how we're able to withstand their waves of attack, right? And yeah. it's it's gonna there's gonna be waves, and it's gonna come from each side, uh, not necessarily through the middle, but from 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 what I saw this morning, and Lucas Mora was shredding Jordan Henderson and Trent, Trent, Trent Alexander-Arnold. And if you think about it from our perspective, that's going to be Mbappe or Di Maria or Neymar doing that, or Draxler, and I like our chances there. And it's just like the only thing that was different was uh, uh, Lucas wasn't able to, to finish some of those opportunities, but he got in those spaces. So I think they are very, they're very vulnerable in the wide areas, Liverpool, and yeah. you know, when you go inside, the only person you're really worried about is Virgil Van Dyke, who's yeah, playing really good right now. But you know, they can be broken down. Yeah, and this is one of the reasons that I really appreciate that we kept Julian Draxler because I thought from the highlights I saw and from that game, I feel like he's a guy that if you bring him in in the 65th minute of this game, he can give you something that I don't think Liverpool are necessarily well-equipped to defend. I think he's... I've always said he's one of the more underrated players PSG have, and part of that is that he can... I think he's such a gifted passer of the ball. Like, I think he's next-level gifted in how he passes that if PSG are in the lead, they will be able to put him in the game, and he can sort of neutralize the sort of midfield issue that PSG have because he's just such a good passer. He can get the ball to people... 
He's not going to turn it over. The game's not going to be too big for him. And it'll be able to sort of balance out what PSU will need to do in the beginning of the game, which is counter like crazy and really try to hit Liverpool and get their defenders isolated in one-on-ones where I don't think that they're going to be as good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eddie, um, who wins and why? Or is there a tie? And does this game ultimately have the major implications that it may many people may think it does? For example, if PSG lose this game, does it make you think that they may not even get out of the group? Or is it one of those things where it's a tough game and PSG will be able to bounce back from it? Uh, I don't think it's going to have that much of an implication. It's the first game. Um, I I do believe PSG is going to be one of the two to advance. Um, But I'm going to go with the draw. I'm I'm 2-2. I I don't think, I don't know why people are thinking Liverpool's going to run PSG out of of, of Anfield. That's not going to happen. But if I'm PSG, I'd be content with a 2-2 draw. Um, they do have the possibility of winning it, but you know I'd be happy with the draw. John, who wins and why? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to, to to say that we're going to win this game just because it's PSG in the Champions League. There, there's demons there, right? Like, and I, I, I don't think you can really sell that short as to. Um, the mentality going into the match. So I, I would, I would, when, um, when you asked the question initially, I thought a draw as well. 2 2, 1 1, very close game where one team is going to strike and the other one is going to strike uh, right after. And it's just going to be a, a, a back and forth, back and forth type of play. Um, so, and, and again, I think, like Eddie said, PSG would be happy to come out of uh, that game with the draw with at least a point, knowing that you have a Napoli and Red Star um, coming up. Liverpool has been the sort of, I would say, this is is an interesting matchup for a lot of reasons. One of those reasons is because Liverpool has been the sort of hardcore football fans team for the past year or two under Jurgen Klopp. And I think that if you look at the game and you watch the film and you study the tactics and you know how much I love tactics, you you would say, yeah, Liverpool probably at home maybe wouldn't run them out of the gym. I think that's a bit ridiculous, but they should probably win. Yeah. But my, my feeling on this is the Champions League is about individual talent. More than team talent, more than togetherness, more than unity. It's not the World Cup in that situation. It's not. It's not like the World Cup where it's about having the best team, the best sort of quote unquote collective of players. It's about the individual talent. And PSG for 80 minutes last year against Real Madrid held their own, and at times were playing slightly better. Then the individual talent took over, and the game ended. That's how Champions League fixtures work. That's what happened last year in the final. Liverpool didn't play all that badly, but once Salah went out and they lost that threat, the talent level was just, it it, it was too much for Liverpool to handle. And people are going to say, well, Loris Karius had a concussion, whatever, whatever. They weren't winning that game even if Loris Karius could have, you know, done the alphabet <laughs> Z to A. They weren't winning that game. Even if it went, if it went to extra time... It, 
Real Madrid would have won it in extra time. If it went to penalties, Real Madrid would have won it in penalties. Because in the Champions League, talent wins. You know, you can have a great team and make it pretty far, ask Atletico Madrid or ask Liverpool, but talent overall wins in the Champions League. And I think that they have never, Liverpool being, have rarely ever seen talent like Kylian Mbappe and Neymar Jr. They don't play against that talent every week. I'm sorry, even the Premier League does not have talent like that. It just doesn't. They sure don't. <laughs> you, they, they, the best they're playing are Harry Kane and Lucas Mora and Romelu Lukaku and um, Manchester City are playing Sergio Aguero, who's over the hill, who's still good, but he's over the hill. This is not – they are not – they have never played this talent. And when they did against Real Madrid, they lost. So my whole thought on this is if PSG can finally – have a cogent strategy and not make the catastrophic mistakes that they always make in these games, which is saying a lot. It's asking a lot. But if they can finally sort of have a game where they're comfortable, they're not screwing up, they're not losing the ball, they should win this game, in my opinion, because the talent overall is better. So I would go 2-1 PSG. Not confident about it, but I think that it's about time that PSG have a professional major game on the road. Yeah, they need to I have mean, one. It, they desperately yeah, they, need to go on the road to a big club, relatively big club, and take a game over and have their talent finally shine through in a major game. I think Adrian Rabiot yeah. is going to play really well. I still think he's playing with a lot to prove. Whether he thinks it's going to be for us or not, whatever, I'll take it for what I'll take it while we're here. He's been very good this year. I think he'll be great in this game. I think yeah. Marquinhos will be good enough. He's defensively good enough. He won't be asked to do too much passing in this game. I think they win. I'll probably be yeah. wrong, but I think they win. Um, all right. So uh, Eddie and John, what are you guys working on? Anything you need to plug? We do have to plug something at the end of this, but anything specific to you guys you'd like to plug before we uh, before we write off? Yeah, here? yeah. Uh, I, I'm working on a since I know you're working on your project, Mark. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to do a little bit of my own. Um, I'm just working on this. Uh, it's more PSG League One. How you know it's been for the last couple of years. You know, it's always been called a farmers league, but with the new TV contracts. Uh, uh, the new, I guess, rebranding of itself, calling itself the League of Talents, and obviously the Jordan stuff. I, it's, it's, it's slowly but surely shedding that mark, and it's just something I want to go into in depth. I want to, I'm, I'm working on it, and it's just going to be something you find like on a, you know, on a, in a magazine. It's going to be long, so I apologize to Ed in advance because he's going to have to edit that thing. <laughs> but it's something I, I, I'm like, it's probably going to be, it's going to be a long piece. It's going to be a long read. I'm gonna, you know, break it up, obviously, but it's something that, you know, I, I, I really, want, I'm starting to get it off the ground, and hopefully by the end of this month, early October, I'm, I'm able to get it, get it in. Um, what about you, John? 
Yeah, I have um, I have a piece right now up on the site that just went up last week about um, the youth system and how you know how financial fair play and that whole investigation and how. However, people felt about the transfer uh, window with us not signing any quote-unquote big names, that allows PSG to tap into the youth system that they have that is very rich and is very well, you know, it's, it's a well-renowned pipeline of players. And we saw uh, yesterday with Musa Diaby and Christopher and Kuku being involved and Kipembe and Rabio and all these guys who come through our youth system. And I think Tuku has that... Um, has the resume of 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 of, of uh, integrating uh, the young talent, and I think it bodes well. And I think with the investigation, it allows PSG to um, to play into that. And I just uh, did a piece on the entire uh, PSG Jordan collaboration. Uh, gave some backstory on the Jordan brand and Michael Jordan for the people who aren't familiar with them, because there are people who aren't familiar with the brand and uh, and what that means and how the whole deal is very layered and it doesn't it's not just a splash move to look good and it it has very uh, it has a lot of implications and it's a it's a big win off the pitch for PSG and i'll just say that after months of um, building this we've been i've been working on it with uh, Chase Hayslip of Canary and Blue for the last uh, 2 months we finally have all the audio done so Neymar, the iconoclast, we're going to kind of call it a podumentary of sorts. It's going to be a combination of conversation, interviews, mini essays. John, you contributed to it as well. Um, that should probably be out in the next week or so. Um, it's, again, just because I haven't been doing much the last two weeks over the international break doesn't mean I haven't been working. Those are done. They're almost ready to go. Um if you are a Patreon member of PSG Talk, you will get to hear that podcast before anyone else does, about three to four days early. You will also get to hear the four to five hours I did with Chase about Neymar that we sort of used as prep for this show. You'll get to hear that commercial-free. Um, we don't even really have commercials, but it's something that people say. It's commercial-free. Um, <laughs> and um, we've also... Uh, unbeknownst to you guys now you will know we've been talking basically for the last two hours um you'll maybe be asking how that's possible well before this we recorded the second episode of keeping the energy and because i was so bad at video editing it took me a while to sort of get the last one up but eventually i was able to convert the audio file to a video file and upload it to youtube and it all worked out in the end but I, I will say, um, I thought we had a good show for that. Um, it's a Patreon exclusive, so if you are registered with our Patreon at the $1 level, you will get to hear Eduardo Razo, John Alonghi, and myself uh, talk about a bunch of things. We talk about the PSG-Jordan collaboration in depth that we did not go into on this show. And we talked about a little bit of American football. We talked about teams moving here and there. You know, the history of American uh, sports teams moving. It was a fun show. I enjoyed it a lot, guys. Yeah, definitely. It was, yeah, good. It was, it was, it was a good discussion. Yeah, so keep an uh, ear out for that. It should be coming up Monday if I can figure again out how to do that, if it wasn't just a fluke. And um, for John Alonghi and Eduardo Razo, um, actually, before I even go, let's do some plugs. You can follow PSG Talk on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And subscribe to the podcast, PSG Talking, and PSG Small Talk. So, now that I got that out of the way, for Eduardo Razo and John Alonghi, this has been PSG Talk contributor Mark Damon, 
saying au revoir for now.